0: Hi there, this is Erin Nicole, and you're listening to the Move Happy Movement podcast. On this show, I interview people from all over the world. Sometimes I do sermons from the divine. He whispers them to me, interrupts my day. I say, please do, Father, because he leads my life in every direction. And sometimes I share music with you that he inspires through me either originally or he'll remind me that's uh, relevant To the topic and however the sermon goes. And uh, it is very fitting the day I record this that the topic is Hallow's Eve. Halloween, some people call it, or Hallow's Eve. So I'm just pouring myself some coffee. I'm actually going to be working after this. I got called into work a late shift and I said, yes, I will take it. I will take any shifts y'all want to hand over to me because I was forced into homelessness as of today from my own nation, from people not taking responsibility and paying me for a car accident in July that cost me my day job and the day job delaying me. And not providing me what's the law, modifications of the workplace after having an accident when I requested it and not communicating with me. It is what it is. I've been applying for jobs left and right. Government leaders have paid people on purpose to hack into my device and block me from receiving job opportunities. On purpose, siphoning my money. On purpose, I was going to be a musical director on the military installation for a Roman Catholic church. I had the interview set up in process. I had the lady's phone number. They hacked in committing espionage, erased the email, deleted the phone number out of my phone. I don't know if it was the white hats or the black hats, but I trust my warriors of light are tracing it all. I trust it and I'm just sipping this coffee and the father whispered to me that the topic was going to be Hallows Eve since, since we are uh, recording it on Halloween. So here we go. This is straight from Wikipedia and I might pull out my Bible here in a little bit. We'll see how the sermon goes. Halloween or Halloween, less commonly known, a Halloween, all Hallows Eve or all Saints Eve is a celebration observed in many countries on the 31st of October, the eve of the Western Christian Feast of All Hallows. It begins the observance of All Hallow Tide, the time in the liturgical year dedicated to remembering the dead, including saints, hollows, martyrs, and all the faithful departed. Oh, I didn't know that. In popular culture, the day has become a celebration of horror being associated with, I don't know how to say this word, macabre and supernatural. Interesting. See, and I grew up hearing that it was it was a, a pagan holiday that the Christian faith covered up and created new celebrations for kids to call it different things. To make sure they weren't worshipping any false idols. That's how I grew up hearing it. But they might have re history here in Wikipedia. Scrubbing the data. As many organizations are doing in the last few years we've noticed. Hmm. It says here. One theory holds that many Halloween traditions were influenced by Celtic harvest festivals. Particularly the Gaelic festival. Samhain. Which are believed... To to have, oh here we go, have pagan roots. Some go further and suggest that Samhain may have been Christianized as All Hallows Day along with its eve by the early church. Other academics believe Halloween began solely as a Christian holiday, being the vigil of All Hallows Day, celebrated in Ireland and Scotland for centuries. Irish and Scottish immigrants took many Halloween costumes to North America in the 19th century and then Through American influence, various Halloween costumes spread to other countries by the late 20th and early 21st century. Popular Halloween activities include trick-or-treating, attending Halloween costume parties, carving pumpkins or turnips into jack-o'-lanterns, lighting bonfires, apple-bobbing, divination games, playing pranks, visiting haunted attractions, telling scary stories, and watching horror or Halloween-themed films. Some people practice the Christian observances of All Hallows' Eve, including attending church services and lighting candles on the graves of the dead. Although it is a secular celebration for others, some Christians historically abstained from meat on All Hallows' Eve. Interesting. A a tradition reflected in the eating of certain vegetarian foods on this vigil day, including apples, potatoes, pancakes, and soul cakes etymology. This word Halloween or Saint's Evening is of a Christian origin. A term equivalent to All Hallows' Eve is attested to Old English. The word Halloween comes from the Scottish form of All Hallows' Eve, the evening before All Hallows' Day. Even is the Scots term for Eve or evening and is contracted to Uh, E-apostrophe, E-N, or E-E-N. So Halloween became Halloween. Interesting. Christian origins and historic customs. Mm. Halloween is thought to have influence from Christian beliefs and practices. The English word Halloween comes from All Hallows' Eve, being the evening before the Christian holy days of All Hallows' Day on 1st of November, and All Souls Day on 2nd November. Since the time of the early church, major feasts in Christianity had vigils that began the night before, as did the Feast of All Hollows. These three days are collectively called All Hollow Tide and are a time when Western Christians honor all saints and pray for recently departed souls who have yet to reach heaven. Commemorations of all saints and martyrs were held by several churches on various dates, mostly in springtime. In 4th century Roman Edessa, it was held on the 13th of May and on the 13th of May, uh, 609. Pope Boniface IV rededicated the Pantheon in Rome to St. Mary and all martyrs. Mm. This was the date of Lemuria, an ancient Roman festival of the dead. Interesting. In the 8th century, Pope Gregory Third, from 731 to 741, founded an oratory in St. Peter's for the relics of the holy apostles and of all saints, martyrs, and confessors. Some sources say it was dedicated on 1 November, while others say it was on Palm Sunday April, in April of 732. By... Uh, 800, there is evidence that churches in Ireland and Northumbria, never heard of that, were holding a feast commemorating all saints on 1 November. Al of Northumbria, a member of Charlemagne's court, may then have introduced this 1 November date in the Frankish Empire. Excuse me, in 835, it became the official date in the Frankish Empire. Some suggest that this was due to Celtic influence, while others suggest it was a Germanic idea. Although it is claimed that both Germanic and Celtic-speaking peoples commemorated the dead at the beginning of winter, they may have seen it as the most fitting time to do so, as it is a time of dying in nature. It is also suggested the change was made on the practical grounds that Rome in summer could not accommodate the great number of pilgrims who flocked to it, and perhaps because of public health concerns over Roman fever, which claimed a number of lives during Rome's sultry summers. Interesting. There's a photo of some flowers and candles of uh, graves of loved ones. Christians in Bangladesh lighting candles on the headstones of a relative. by the end of the 12th century the celebration had become known as the holy days of obligation in western christianity and involved such traditions as ringing church bells for souls in purgatory it was also customary for criers dressed in black to parade the streets ringing a bell of mournful sound and calling on all good christians to remember the poor souls The all-hollow-tide custom of baking and sharing soul cakes for all christened souls has been suggested as the origin of trick or treating. The custom dates back at least as far as the 15th century and was found in parts of England, Wales, Flanders, Bavaria, and Austria. Groups of poor people, often children, would go door to door during all-hollow-tide collecting soul cakes in exchange for praying for the dead, especially the souls of the givers, friends, and relatives. This was called souling. Soul cakes were also offered for the souls themselves to eat, or the soulers would act as the representatives. As with the Lenten tradition of hot cross buns, soul cakes were often marked with a cross, indicating they were baked as alms. Shakespeare mentions Souling in his comedy, The Two Gentlemen of Verona, while souling Christians would carry lanterns made of hollowed out turnips, which could have originally represented souls of the dead. Jack o' lanterns were used to ward off evil spirits. On All Saints and All Souls Day during the 19th century, candles were lit in homes in Ireland, Flanders, Bavaria, and in Tyrol, where they were called soul lights. that served to guide the souls back to visit their earthly homes. Interesting. In many of these places, candles were also lit at graves on All Souls Day. In Brittany, libations of milk were poured on the graves of kinfolk, or food would be left overnight on the dinner table for the returning souls, a custom also found in Tyrol and parts of Italy. Christian minister Prince Sorri, Conte linked the wearing of costumes to the belief in vengeful ghosts. It was traditionally believed that the souls of the departed wandering the earth until All Souls' uh, All Saints' Day and All Hallows' Eve provided one last chance for the dead to gain vengeance on their enemies before moving to the next world. In order to avoid being recognized by any soul that might be seeking such vengeance, people would don masks or costumes. Interesting. In the Middle Ages... Churches in Europe that were too poor to display relics of martyred saints at All Hallow Tide let parishioners dress up as saints instead. Some Christians observe this custom at Halloween today. Leslie Banatine believes this could have been a Christianization of an earlier pagan custom. Many Christians in mainland Europe, especially in France, believed that once a year, on Halloween, the dead of the churchyards rose for one wild, hideous carnival known as the Don's Macabre, which was often depicted in church decoration. Christopher Almond and Rosamond McKitterick write in the New Cambridge Medieval History that the Don's Macabre urged Christians not to forget the end of all earthly things, the dance macabre was sometimes enacted in European village pageants and court masks, with people dressing up as corpses from various strata of society, and this may be the origin of Halloween costume parties. In Britain, these customs came under attack during the Reformation as Protestants berated purgatory as a popish doctrine incompatible with the Calvinist doctrine of predestination, state-sanctioned ceremonies associated with the intercession of saints, and prayer for souls in purgatory were abolished during the Elizabethan Reform, though All Hallows' Day remained in the English liturgical calendar to commemorate saints as godly human beings. For some nonconformist Protestants, the theology of All Hallows' Eve was refined, redefined, Souls cannot be journeying from purgatory on their way to heaven as Catholics frequently believe and assert. Instead, the so-called ghosts are thought to be an actuality evil spirit, be in actuality evil spirits. Other Protestants believe in an intermediate state known as Hades, Bosom of Abraham, Bosom of Abraham. In some localities Catholics and Protestants continued souling, candlelit processions, or ringing church bells for the dead. The Anglican church eventually suppressed this bell ringing. Mark Donnelly, what's that, Father? Uh, At PLU, my undergrad, he wants me to talk about that. Um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, they had the bells ringing, and that was the time for the church service. We had 40 minutes where we could go to... Uh, the church service, if we wanted to, the local Lutheran church, or have prayer time, whatnot. That was written in our schedule, blocked off, carved off, for us. It was pretty cool. I didn't realize that it was a part of this. It was a Catholic or is a Lutheran church, so Ang- So I guess it, they got it from the Anglican church. So That's cool. Mark Donnelly, a professor of medieval archaeology and historian Daniel. Uh, it looks like Deal D I E H L write that barns and homes were blessed to protect people and livestock from the effect of witches who were believed to accompany the malignant spirits as they traveled the earth. After 1605, Hallowtide was eclipsed in England by Guy Fawkes' night, 5th of November, which appropriated some of its customs. In England, the ending of official ceremonies related to to the intercession of saints, led to the development of new unofficial hollow-tide customs. In 18th, 19th century, rural Lancashire, Catholic families gathered on hills on the night of All Hallows' Eve. One held a bunch of burning straw on a pitchfork while the rest knelt around him, praying for the souls of relatives and friends until the flames went out. This was known as Tinlay. There was a similar custom in Hertfordshire and the lighting of Tyndall fires in Derbyshire. Some suggested these Tyndalls were originally lit to guide the poor souls back to earth. In Scotland and Ireland, old All-Hallowtide customs that were at odds with Reformed teaching were not suppressed as they were important to the life cycle and rites of passage of local communities and curbing them would have been difficult. In parts of Italy, until the 15th century, families left a meal out for the ghosts of relatives before leaving for church services, almost like how we would do cookies for Santa Claus. Christmas time, interesting. In 19th century Italy, churches staged theatrical reenactments of scenes from the lives of the saints, on All Hallows' Day, with participants represented by realistic wax figures. In 1823, the graveyard of Holy Spirit Hospital in Rome presented a scene in which bodies of those who recently died were arrayed around a wax statue of an angel who pointed upward towards heaven. In the same country, parish priests went house to house asking for small gifts of food which they shared among themselves throughout that night. In Spain, they continued to bake special pastries called Bones of the Holy, Spanish is huesos de santo, and set them on graves. At cemeteries in Spain and France, as well as in Latin America, priests led Christian processions and services during All Hallow Tide, after which people keep an all-night vigil. In 19th century, San Sebastian there was a procession to the city cemetery at All Hollow Tide, an event that drew beggars who appealed to the tender recollections of one's deceased relations and friends for sympathy. Gaelic folk inf- influence. I'm looking at this little um, image. This is an early 20th century Irish Halloween mass displayed at the Museum of Country Life in County Mayo, Ireland. It's pretty cool looking. <laughs> Today's Halloween customs are thought to have been influenced by folk customs and beliefs from the Celtic-speaking countries, some of which are believed to have pagan roots. Jack Santino, a folklorist, writes that there was throughout Ireland an uneasy truce existing between customs and beliefs associated with Christianity and those associated with religions that were Irish before Christianity arrived. Interesting. The origins of Halloween customs are typically linked to the Gaelic festival Samhain. Samhain is one of the quarter days in the medieval Gaelic Gaelic calendar and has been celebrated on 31 October through the 1st November in Ireland, Scotland, and the Isle of Man. I've never heard of the Isle of Man. That's cool. A kindred festival has been held by the Britonic Celts called Calan Gaif in Wales, Calan Guav in Cornwall, Calan Gunov in Brittany. I might be pronouncing that wrong, there's a little um curly Q over the over the inn excuse me, a name meaning first day of winter. Ah for the Celts. The day ended and began at sunset. Thus the festival begins the evening before one November by modern reckoning. Samhain is mentioned in some of the earliest Irish literature. The names have been used by historians to refer to Celtic Halloween customs up until the 19th century and are still the Gaelic and Welsh names for Halloween. Samhain marked the end of the harvest season and beginning of winter or the darker half of the year. It was seen as a liminal time when the boundary between this world and the other world thinned. This meant that Eos, see, the spirits or fairies, could more easily come into this world and were particularly active. Most scholars see them as degraded versions of ancient gods whose power remained active in the people's minds even after they had been officially replaced by later religious beliefs. They were both respected and feared, with individuals often invoking the protection of God when approaching their dwellings. At Samhain, the Eos Si were appeased to ensure the people and livestock survived the winter. Offerings of food and drink, or portions of the crops, were left outside for them. The souls of the dead were also said to revisit their homes, seeking hospitality. Places were set at the dinner table and by the fire to welcome them. The belief that the souls of the dead return home on one night of the year and must be appeased seems to have ancient origins and is found in many cultures. In 19th century Ireland, candles would be lit and prayers formally offered for the souls of the dead. After this, the eating, drinking, and games would begin. Throughout Ireland and Britain, especially in the Celtic-speaking regions, the household festivities included divination rituals and games intended to foretell one's future especially regarding death and marriage. Apples and nuts were often used and customs included apple bobbing, nut roasting, scrying or mirror gazing, pouring molten lead or egg whites into water, dream interpretation, and others. Special bonfires were lit and there were rituals involving them. Their flames, smoke, and ashes were deemed to have protective and cleansing powers. In some places, torches lit from the bonfire were carried sunwise around homes and fields to protect them. It is suggested the fires were a kind of imitative or sympathetic magic. They mimicked the sun and held back the decay and darkness of winter. They were also used for divination and to ward off evil spirits. In Scotland these bonfires and divination games were banned by the church elders in some parishes. In Wales, bonfires were also lit to prevent the souls of the dead from falling to earth. Later, these bonfires kept away the devil. From the late, uh, from the least, from at least this, excuse me, from at least the 16th century, the festival included mumming and guising in Ireland, Scotland, and the Isle of Man and Wales. This involved people going house to house in costume or in disguise, usually reciting verses or songs in exchange for food. Interesting. It may have originally been a tradition whereby people impersonated the AOC or the souls of the dead, and received offerings on their behalf, similar to souling, impersonating these beings or wearing a disguise, was also believed to protect oneself from them. In parts of Southern Ireland, the geysers included a hobby horse. A man dressed as a Leirban, white mare, led youths House to house reciting verses, some of which had pagan overtones in exchange for food. If the household donated food, it could expect good fortune from the Muk Allah not doing so would bring misfortune in Scotland. Youths went out to house to house with masked, painted, or blackened faces, often threatening to do mischief if they were not welcomed. f. Marion McNeil suggests the ancient festival included people in costume representing the spirits and that faces were marked or blackened with ashes from the sacred bonfire in parts of wales men went about dressed as fearsome beings called grachode in the late 19th and early 20th century young people in glam glamorgan and orkney cross-dressed interesting elsewhere in europe Momming was part of other festivals, but in the Celtic-speaking regions it was particularly appropriate to a night upon which supernatural beings were said to be abroad and could be imitated or warded off by human wanderers. From at least the 18th century, imitating malignant spirits led to playing pranks in Ireland and the Scottish Highlands wearing costumes and playing pranks at Halloween did not spread to England until the 20th century. Pranksters Used hollowed out turnips or mangel wurzels as lanterns, often carved with grotesque faces. By those who made them, the lanterns were variously said to represent the spirits or used to ward off evil spirits. They were common in parts of Ireland and the Scottish Highlands in the 19th century, as well as in Somerset. In the 20th century, they spread to other parts of Britain and became generally known as jack-o'-lanterns. Ah, they spread to North America. Here we go. Leslie Banatine and Cindy Ott write that Anglican colonists in the southern United States and Catholic colonists in Maryland recognized All Hallows' Eve in their church calendars, although the Puritans of New England strongly opposed the holiday. Other... Uh, along with other traditional celebrations of the established church, including Christmas. Almanacs of the late 18th and 19th century give no indication that Halloween was widely celebrated in North America. It was not until after Mass, Irish and Scottish immigration in the 19th century, that Halloween became a major holiday in America. Interesting. Most American Halloween traditions were inherited from the Irish and Scots, though in Cajun areas a nocturnal mass was said in cemeteries on Halloween night. Yes, Father, he's giving me some things to tell you after I finish this up. Candles that had been blessed were placed on graves, and families sometimes spent the entire night at the graveside. Originally confined to these immigrants, immigrant communities, it was gradually assimilated into mainstream society and was celebrated coast to coast by people of all social, racial, and religious backgrounds by the the early 20th century. Then, through American influence, these Halloween traditions spread to many other countries by the late 20th and early 21st century, including to mainland Europe and some parts of the Far East. So, uh, what the father reminded me of was my oldest uh, brother. Actually, his uh, it wasn't him specifically, but one of his teammates on his tennis team. He was a he was a freshman, I believe, when this happened. he was a ninth grader. He was brought up from the junior high to play on the tennis team because he was very good and it was seniors, two seniors on Halloween night and If you have kids listening, I do recommend you pause it and get them out of the car or wherever they're listening to it. Don't let them hear this. This is real scary stuff, this is truth uh going back to the when I was reading earlier, some uh, the traditions in the old time of Halloween was the youth would dress and, and the house that would provide them food would be fine and, and they'd be prosperous and the house that didn't could uh, have a curse on them. Well, um, two of his athletic teammates decided to throw eggs at people's houses being stupid youth. They were seniors in high school. I imagine they were 17 or 18 years old. And one of the houses, the man got very upset that they had threw eggs at his house because it can damage the paint of a house. That's what it can do. It can mess up your your house's uh, color, and then it costs you money to fix it as a homeowner. So he was upset, so he got a shotgun out, and he shot both of them dead clear on the spot after they tried to run away from committing a crime. Scary stuff. I hope uh, I'm not able to air this because people have blocked me from making money, siphoned off my money that my website got shut down. But I'm hoping to be able to pay it and get it back up and running. But um, uh, you got to be careful on Halloween, a lot of crimes can, can occur on Halloween. I remember in Seattle. Uh, Maybe 10 years ago, there was a police officer that got killed on Halloween, working Halloween night, just because he was in his car. A lot of people do stupid things in honor of holidays because they drink too much or they get high or whatever. They're not thinking clearly. And right now, our economy in America, and, and I imagine in many countries, although I don't live overseas I never have, Um, not yet at least, if the Father wills it, maybe in the future, but our economy is in the tank. And so you got high high stress levels of people that are citizens that are not believing they are being taken care of. And so when you have a heightened level of stress and low amount of money. For whatever reason, people still buy their alcohol. A lot of people. A lot of people do. And they get their drugs if they have those kinds of habits or their pain pills or whatever to drown out their misery of the reality of life. Be careful today. Be especially careful. Father wants me to get my Bible out. So I'm going to do that. I, uh, I'm grateful for my social worker, I'm in a program, Uh, a lot of people have chosen not to help me on purpose when I've asked very specifically for help since July, since July 8th when I got hit by a car, a lot of churches turned me away as a fellow minister and uh, she didn't, she did not, Tia did not, she's a good woman. Father wants me to read 1st Corinthians 4 13 when we are slandered we answer kindly up to this moment we have become the scum of the earth the refuse of the world I'm not writing this to shame you but to warn you as my dear children Even though you have 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers, for in Christ Jesus I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. For this reason, I am sending to you Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. Some of you have become arrogant, as if I were not coming to you, but I will come to you very soon, if the Lord is willing, and then I will find out not only how these arrogant people are talking, but what power they have, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. What do you prefer? Shall I come to you with a whip, or in love, with the gentle spirit? Father's got a message. All Hallows Eve, beware. You who celebrate pagan holidays, beware. I am a jealous God. I do not thrive when you worship other gods. I am always and will forever be the same, the Lord above all lords the Alpha, the Omega, when you choose to celebrate things that do not honor me, you are practicing idol worship. Be on guard for anyone, anyone that does this. What's that, Father? Yes, Father. He's sending me to James. Yes, Father. He's repeating it. He's repeating it in my mind, so. It's a very powerful one. Chapter 2 of James, verse 9. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. So we're not supposed to show any favoritism. Keep reading, Father? Okay. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty at breaking all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but you do commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Yes, Father, he's got a message again. Speak this out loud, he says. I... Am the only one who is to judge anyone of whether or not they will go into heaven I have caused massive financial disarray on purpose in America and every major nation because so many children are being harmed on purpose, I needed to get everyone's attention for them to wake up. I allowed poor leaders to be in positions of authority all over the world because it is part of revelations. Those leaders will be kicked out of office very soon. Really, Father? Okay, he says Trump will be back in office before midnight tonight. Wow. That's only a few hours. What else, Father? James 2, 3 through 4. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet, have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Amen. My, My hero... Of 2020 I met him in October of 2020 he was he was a homeless man he was homeless in uh, my safe house it was a like a motel situation safe house was uh, it is a place where you go for domestic violence and whatnot and um, he was there because he was rehabilitating from homelessness. He had slept outside for two and a half years. He was on a wait list for three years because he was a man without children in the home. And the wait list for men in America is three years for homeless men. He was only homeless because he gave his house away that he owned. It was a very large home, I imagine. I didn't see the home, but I did meet the person that he gave His home too. He gave his home away because he didn't need it, all the space. And he saw a family sleeping outside with five kids. And he had served America, he had served our country, our military, he had served and protected the the top leaders. Of America, you couldn't get any more top than who he protected. His whole career, and he watched how all of them are so money focused. All of them, they all are. Every political party, and he was so sickened at how much money all these people had, and how they're starving people in America. And they advertised all over. They they do PR for America to other countries to get people to come to America, and they lie. The media, they on purpose lie to make us look better than what is reality. He didn't give me any special attention based on what I wore. He got to know me as a human being. He got to see me for who I was and I got to see him for who he was. He only had one outfit. And we got kicked out of our safe house because all homeless people got kicked out in the middle of winter in 2020 because an employee at the motel got fired for not following protocols she was letting uh, people have free rooms in the middle of the night that were drug addicts and she got caught and she got fired and she retaliated against the general manager and called corporate and got all of us homeless people kicked out because there was a rule we weren't supposed to stay there longer than 26 days. So anyone that had been there longer than 26 days was displaced in the middle of winter in 2020. And he didn't, he didn't just say, well, see you later. He asked me, he said, I could add you as my caretaker through the VA. And I could get you housing and I can help you get food stamps, get you some food. Because I was isolated in another state that wasn't my residency because of the pandemic, because of domestic violence, I had to flee the scene. It wasn't, it wasn't as bad as what some people go through, but it was bad enough. And then the person that had convinced me to move to the other state, and then I got stuck there, had gone mentally insane and started acting out the plans of killing his own mother, and I reported the crime. But the evil Illuminati Deep State erased my phone call. They erased my call to the emergency, excuse me, non-emergency line. I called the non-emergency number. But because of the pandemic, they moved every single non-emergency number to a recorded line on 911. They erased that phone call committing federal crimes. And I met him and I had no idea. I had no idea how powerful this mission, this Move Happy mission has been. I've just been obedient to what the Father has told me to do. He called me very specifically 18 months or so before I met him in 2018 in my bedroom in the Pacific Northwest. I was renting a room in a house with a bunch of other people. I didn't know these people. They were strangers. We shared the shower space. Um, and Well, half of us did. The upstairs did. And then we shared the kitchen space. And I had my own room and whatnot. Um, and the, the father had come into that bedroom. And he opened up the, the, the heavens to me. And he showed me my purpose. He told me that my business name was going to be Move Happy. I had a different business name called Affirm Queen back then. He showed me my three pillars of Move Happy, the focus areas, mindset, community, fitness. He said your mission is to help empower people to find happiness from within your population that you're going to serve the world as people with depression. You're going to have an annual event every single year. It's going to start in America and then it's going to go to one new country every single year. And it's going to be a variety of speakers, religious leaders, spreading hope and love. And uh, a variety of musicians. And each year it's going to be different people speaking from different religious belief systems. From different um, entertainment styles of genres of music. And uh, being a a safe space for people to worship their own deities under one roof. And I was like, how is that going to be possible? Sounds like a new church. Or temple. Or whatever you want to call religious... uh, faith system, um, but like almost like a workshop, like an annual conference you would go to. It was so clear and so vivid. And then 18 months later, I created a therapy experience and the man that I met, I had met him through another man that was uh, a part of that therapy experience because I had emailed him along with many other connections that were guests on my podcast or I had met through social media. I was hustling in twenty twenty because I didn't want I didn't want to lose momentum of this mission that the father had assigned me to. Even though I had been forced to be displaced out of my house from a family member that was controlling my rent price every month, it would go up and down depending on their mood. They weren't getting the mental health services they needed. I I moved out of that area. I got advice from my aunt to focus on me, to focus on um, finding laughter, and to focus on this calling. And so I leaned into the podcast, and, and many people stepped up. S- people started sending me top-level guests. One of them, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, he has coached and mentored presidents. He's written books that are uh, required reading material for all DEA agents of America. He was featured on 60 Minutes 2020. He does public speaking engagements. He was a guest on my show and he gave me 30 minutes of his time before we even recorded to get to know me, to customize the speech to, and tailor it to my audience. There were so many people that year that stepped up to help me To help you because the father leads my life. (laughs) But I had gone so quickly, so swiftly. I had grown this thing so swiftly in my own pace, just hustling and working very diligently. It had grown too fast, too, too swiftly. These evil people. Many times since 2018. They're called the Illuminati. Some people call the deep state. I don't know if it's the same people. Uh, CCP. I've also heard. uh, I think it's all. All over the world. People that are mega rich. That do satanic practices. In private. They pretend. Many of them pretend to be Christians. On the forefront. But they have pagan idolatrous things that they do in private they had tried to get me to join their cult in 2018 and 2019 they they sent a fake PhD in divinity and I don't know if you remember me reading it but in the Halloween history it spoke of in the old churches in the history of Halloween in different countries they had old pagan practices of divination fortune telling, future telling, it's very, very specific in the Bible that we are not fortune tellers. We are not sorcerers. We are to stay away from those kinds of people. Now I have the gift of prophecy. That father has gifted me that the difference between fo- prophecy and fortune telling is fortune telling is people get paid to tell your fortune. Prophecy The Father gives me things and he tells me when to share it with you. And I don't charge a fee or a rate if you decide you want to donate to our ministries. That's great. But I give freely without any expectation in return. Because the Father has healed me completely of suicidal ideations. Completely healed me of the power of depression. Now I still have depression because it's a part of my DNA. It's a a thing that you... Half, when well, you're born with it or you develop it from experiencing trauma. I am a survivor of childhood abuse for four years, from three to seven years old. It changed the whole chemistry of my brain. It caused brain damage, delayed reading. It caused me to be socially anxious and mute as a child. I didn't speak when most girls were speaking. I didn't do that. I was observing, Because I never knew how or when the abuse would occur. The father has healed me of a lot of those things. And now people can't get me to shut up. (laughs) So I'm learning to curb and find the balance of it. And I think that's going to be an ever going life long journey. I want to encourage you on Halloween. And on any holiday that you might question, whether it's a pagan holiday or a Christian holiday, make sure you're spending time with the Father first every day. And then you enjoy life after that. If you give him your time first, you give him your first fruits, your tithe, your first tenth of your earnings. And if you don't have money to give, you give of your time to serve in your community, using your gifts that he has given you. You don't have to worry if you're spending time with him because he will communicate with you things that you should stay away from and things that are okay for you to participate in. I was not allowed to do trick or treating when I was a child. My my parents were very strict about it. There was events at the church that they called different things and we did events at the church. Now, part of that was because our neighborhood was so bad. And I'm glad they protected me, probably, of getting ab- abducted. these That's what the Illuminati cult does. That's what these people do. They abduct children in the, in the United States and all over the world. 49% of abductions of human beings starts in America. The Father gives me very specific numbers. I have a strong feeling that many people will be abducted tonight and have been all over the world because many people are going to be wearing masks and it will be easy to fool people to trick them to invite them to parties and then they get shipped off in containers never to be seen again so my hope for you my prayer for you is to stay close to the father and uh, if you're celebrating tonight um don't drink more than two alcoholic beverages and keep an eye on who's pouring the drink and don't leave it even with a boyfriend. Um, I left my drink with my boyfriend when I was in college and the week before I told him I wanted to wait until marriage to have sex and he agreed and then that night he raped me. It was right around Halloween time. I think it was a couple weeks later because the following week was... uh. Week or two is finals, December. So I think it was a little bit later on in the year, but I don't forget that. And that was back in around 2007. And it's 2023 now. It took me 15 years to admit that I was raped, which caused even greater PTSD in my mind. And the first responder told me not to report it. He said, You will ruin this man's career. He did not protect me as the victim. I've had to deal with that my whole life. I love my mother, but she has protected my abuser my whole life. Told me to sweep things under the rug, not talk about it. And the law protects him. My abuser protects him. Statutes of limitations do not protect the victim. Laws are supposed to be created to protect victims. It is what it is. I can't change it for me, but perhaps I can change it for you. Tighten up your ship. Don't get too crazy tonight. Spend time with the Father. Anything else, Father? He says, I want you to wrap it up slowly. If you don't have a personal relationship with the Father and you would like to have one, repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this gift of salvation. I can't earn it. Or by it, you give it freely to those who believe in your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, I make mistakes, but I don't desire to continue that. Please come into my heart and show me, show me how I can choose your love. And be loving towards others. Father, thank you. I receive your gift of salvation. Pray this in your name. Amen. If you just received that gift of salvation for the first time, welcome to the family. Your next step is to get plugged into a Bible-based church and you want to keep God first place. The internet will be shut down November 17th. The Father has given me that date many times. What's that, Father? He says 45 Deaths per minute. I'm not sure what that means, Father. He says today in Uzbekistan, 45 deaths per minute. Halloween, Turk retreaters. Yikes. In Uzbekistan and Turkmenistan. Yikes okay Well, be careful wherever you're at in the world keep your kids home if you can keep them home or if there's a church event that you uh you trust they uh, we had fun events when when uh I, when I was a kid in uh in the church they they called them harvest festivals or trunk or treat and the people would fill their their car trunks with candy um they would do different things um uh, my neighbor is yelling something late at night. Oh, this is going to be interesting, being here for a week. Oh, the Father gives me challenges to stretch my faith. Uh, anything else, Father, before I close it up? Okay, he's giving me Old Testament. Uh, before I get cleaned up for work here. Ooh, I'm excited. I am excited because I don't read from this book too often. So he's equipping me. Let's see, what was it? Okay, 7.83. Yes, Father. Daniel 2 3 through 4 that says Nebuchadnezzar's dream he said to them I have had a dream that troubles me and I want to know what it means and then I'm going to go back to verse 2 oh, excuse me I'll just read from the top in the second year of his reign Nebuchadnezzar had dreams his mind was troubled and he could not sleep So the king summoned the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers to tell him what he had dreamed. When they came in and stood before the king, he said to them, I have had a dream that troubles me and I want to know what it means. Then the astrologers answered the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream and we will interpret it. Keep reading it, father. Okay. It says, uh, da, 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 da. The king replied to the astrologers, "This is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have to cut I will have you cut into pieces, yikes, and your house is turned into piles of rubble. But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me." Once more, they replied, Let the king tell his servants the dream, and we will interpret it. Then the king answered, I am certain that you are trying to gain time, because you realize that this is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me the dream, so he wanted them to reveal that they knew his dream, without sharing it, it sounds like. There is just one penalty for you. You have conspired to tell me misleading and wicked things, hoping the situation will change. So then tell me the dream and I will know that you can interpret it for me. The astrologers answered the king, There is not a man on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however, great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician, or enchanter, or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they do not live among men. This made the king so angry and furious that he ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree was issued to put the wise men to death, and men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends to put them to death. When Ariach, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. He asked the king's officer, Why did the king issue such a harsh decree? Ariach then explained the matter to Daniel. At this, Daniel went in to the king and asked for time, so that he might interpret the dream for him. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery, so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, Praise be to the name of God for ever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes time and seasons. He sets up kings and opposes them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness, and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. Daniel interprets the dream. Then Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to execute the wise men of Babylon, and said to him, Do not execute the wise men of Babylon. Take me to the king, and I will interpret his dream for him. Ariach took Daniel to the king at once and said, I have found a man among the exiles from Judah, Who can tell the king what his dream means? The king asked Daniel, also called Belteshazzar, Are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? Daniel replied, No wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in days to come. Your dream and the visions that passed through your mind as you lay on your bed are these. As you were lying there, O king, your mind turned to things to come, and the revealer of mysteries showed you what is going to happen. As for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because I have greater wisdom than other living men, but so that you, O king, may know the interpretation, and that you may understand what went through your mind. You looked, O king, and there before you stood a large statue an enormous dazzling statue awesome in appearance the head of the statue was made of pure gold its chest and arms of silver its belly and thighs of bronze its legs of iron its pretty or its it's pretty its feet partly of iron and partly of baked clay while you were watching a rock was cut out not by human hands it struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were broken to pieces. At the same time, and became like chaff on the threshing floor in the summer, the wind swept them away without leaving a trace. But the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain, and filled the whole earth. This was the dream, and now we will interpret it to the king." You, O king, are the king of kings. The God of heaven has given you dominion and power and might and glory. In your hands he has placed mankind and the beasts of the field and the birds of the air. Wherever they live, he has made you ruler over them all. You are that head of gold. After you, another kingdom will rise inferior to yours. Next, a third kingdom, one of bronze, will rule over the whole earth. Finally, There will be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, for iron breaks and smashes everything. And as iron breaks things to pieces, so it will crush and break all the others. Just as you saw that the feet and toes were partly of baked clay and partly of iron, so this will be a divided kingdom. Yet it will have some of the strength of iron in it, even as you saw iron mixed with clay." As the toes were partly iron and partly clay, so this kingdom will be partly strong and partly brittle. And just as you saw the iron mixed with baked clay, so the people will be a mixture and will not remain united any more than iron mixes with clay. In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will itself endure forever. This is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of a mountain, but not by human hands, a rock that broke the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold to pieces. The great God has shown the king what will take place in the future. The dream is true, and the interpretation is trustworthy. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel and paid him honor and ordered that an offering and incense be presented to him. The king said to Daniel, Surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you are able to reveal this mystery. Then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all its wise men. Moreover, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego administrators over the province of Babylon, while Daniel himself remained at the royal court. Wow. The father has gifted me, uh, revelations of, of the future, prophecies, uh, I don't have dream interpretation, but perhaps he will give it to me in the future if, if I ask. He gives to his children whatever we ask in his son's name, Jesus Christ's name. I've had the gift of mind reading. I've had um, the ability to shift people's moods. He has, he has whispered to me those that were planning to kill themselves that night and I was able to save my coworker from dying. The Father of all of us loves you deeply, and He gave me this scripture for you to remind you that we are not we are not to focus on fortune-telling and sorcery and, and astrology and all kinds of things that are future telling. We are to spend time with him, and if he desires for us to know the future, there will be particular spiritual gifts that are gifted to some. And he chose to gift me a lot of those gifts because I've chosen love. I focus my best to love people how Jesus told us to. We're supposed to love and bless people. And I've got a long ways to learn in my life. And I can't wait to grow into this strong spiritual leader that I know he is growing me into. In addition to being a therapy developer, curriculum creator singer songwriter he gives to his children limitless gifts if we choose love and if we choose to be generous by my 40th birthday I will be with my husband we will be giving 90% of our income away to help the poor and we will be living off of 10% to be the ultimate role models of generosity it's also to be obedient To not focus on money and greed, but to focus on love, impact. He gave me this assignment in 2018 to help people with depression. And 18 months later, I found out I was in the nominations. They are adding mental health ambassadors to every major nation. But here's the thing. I'm not the mental health ambassador of America. I'm the mental health ambassador of the world. I'm the global ambassador that all major nations mental ambassadors will learn from me. I am the Daniel of our generation. Daniel was the head spiritual leader over all the spiritual leaders of the time because he gave credit to the Lord above all lords. The God of Abraham, the God of Moses, the Father, of all of us. He he was and is the same forever. And I'm so grateful he picked me as a part of the end times to be a beacon of hope for you. To be his vessel of love for you. I have been tested by people that are very dark and evil. And some that are good that tested me on purpose to make sure that I am the chosen one. We were supposed to sign contracts on October 17th, and as I record this today, it is October 31st, and we've got a couple hours left of this day before we get into November. Every day, every hour on the hour that this meeting is delayed of contracts being signed, we receive 1 million US dollars tax-free everybody that's supposed to be in that meeting signing contracts and all the January 6 people that were falsely arrested their families get a million dollars tax-free and if any of the families um, lost family members because they were falsely imprisoned without any due process because of poor leadership they receive 10 million dollars every hour on the hour so, as I record this, I'm just going to do a quick calculation. Let me get my calculator out here. So, October 17th, 31 minus 17 equals 14 days times 24. 336 approximately million dollars for each of us in the meeting. We will be receiving tax-free from the Illuminati Deep State uh, if contracts were to be signed at midnight tonight. If I did my math correctly. $336 million each person. Now for the For the families that lost, there's at least four that had, their, uh, four people died while being imprisoned. Um, those families will receive $3.36 billion with a B as a boy dollars tax-free from the deep state Illuminati. Uh, and the rest of us receive $336 million. That's uh, our commander-in-chief, he and his wife, Melania. They each, every seat, gets this money from the deep state. Uh, The Black Hats are going to be paying this out. Uh, Tony Robbins gets $336 million tax-free. His wife, Sage, gets $336 million tax-free. Our pastors, Joel and Victoria Osteen, each get $336 million tax-free Beyonce and her husband each get three hundred and thirty six million myself and my husband, the u s Marine veteran that was a part of the original move Happy program cause there was over eighteen thousand two hundred and fifty men and five women that were paid a lot of money to slander my name and erase the history of my truth and my story, and the father doesn't like when his children are being stolen from, so that man will be receiving. That amount of money, minimum, if we were to sign contracts here in a few hours. But I know that the father is delaying it on purpose to give Beyonce her $800 million that the deep state Illuminati stole from her father. Demanding him to bow down to Baphomet, bail. And then marking him because he believes in Jesus Christ. And he refused. I'm going to get Beyonce her money back. And then some. I ain't worried about no bullies I have to be authentic I have to speak from an authentic place of financial disarray so that you know the truth and it has to be verified by witnesses so that nobody can say oh she's just making up stories Because they've been doing that for three years. They blocked me for three years from making money as a part of this competition. And my closest competitor was getting financial assistance. They were paying all of her bills. And she's been hospitalized how many times, Father? 76 times, he says. 76? 78 times. 78? A lot. For mental health reasons, hospitalization. Because she is not the person that is supposed to be in the position And these people have bullied me for three years. And I've had to move and do all kinds of things. It's been stressful for me at times. Very stressful. Very stressful because these are the richest, most powerful people in the world that have abused their powers and access to my technology devices. Anytime they so choose, they hack in, they erase phone numbers, they erase emails, they stop the phone ringer from working so that I would miss phone calls and appointments. They they erased... Zoom meeting connections. They deleted people's phone numbers out of my thing. I was sexually harassed in the workplace and I repated, reported work, uh, racism of my co-worker person of color. They hacked into their website, supposedly secure website. They hacked into their website and erased the record of me working there completely. <laughs> These people are evil. They're pure evil. They cover up their trail anytime I speak the truth. But what they didn't plan on was me marrying into this organization. I married my hero last year, my hero of 2020 that protected me from the richest, most evil people in the world that are harming kids in private, the Epstein Island people that have been doing it for 1,600 years. And he only had one outfit when I met him. And we rolled together for two months. He chose to humble himself and he chose to simplify his possessions because he's deeply connected to the Father and he taught me how to be how to be even more grateful for what I have and not focus on what I don't. He helped me to stop complaining about things that are so stupid and ridiculous. He helped me to prepare for this competition by telling me that he had false, fake diagnoses added in his permanent medical record and not to worry about it. They added fake diagnoses in my permanent medical record when they told me Biden's top security man sent me on purpose to Trump's man on purpose, told me I was receiving security protections and on purpose he lied to me and told me that all the security teams worked together. Now, Trump's man never told me who he worked for. Much wiser man, been around the block. And he told me, he said, Aaron, we don't all work together. No, I don't trust these guys. He's like, I'm not a part of any organization. I asked him directly. I said, are you involved in the Blackwater alumni group? He said, no. Do you know what that group is? And I said, well, I heard from this lady that was a PhD in divinity that had paid the payment to have me killed. She had conned her way onto my team as a volunteer. She told me she used to sell music when she was uh, very young. She sold her first song, Lyrics, I think it was just lyrics only, to Aerosmith, seven years old. She was told in her private church group that she wasn't allowed to take writer's credits, and she was tired of being behind the scenes. She was trying to get out there and make some money. And so she wanted to partner with me because in some private conversation somewhere in some of her high-rich society, they, they talked about me and they told these private rich people that I was in the nominations for global mental health ambassadorship for America. 18 months after the Lord assigned it to me, he has given me future telling, forecasting, visions of the future. And he also gives me the names of these nasty Illuminati cult members that are harming children in private. He gave me Biden's website in 2021 when I launched Aaron Nicole Ministries. And that website has since been shut down. I had emailed him an invite to our concerts for free for veterans and first responders. I emailed him and his wife a seat. I didn't know he was involved in the Illuminati deep state. I didn't know he was harming little boys in private. He's harmed boys and girls. But his preference up until he died was little boys. The father said, little boys? Uh, Depended on the week, the father says. Obama also involved in it. Obama loves little boys. He had a sex slave, five-year-old. He just turned six. The father gave me his name and what state he resided in. I released that earlier this year. They released him back to his family. It's disgusting what the father reveals to me. These evil people are getting away with and they're being paid a lot of money to do it. At the top tier, they torture children in private and then they sacrifice them and drink their blood. It's a satanic practice to keep themselves looking younger. They do it for vanity reasons. And they do it in private because it's crime. It's punishable capital crimes. So they know they're doing evil. That's why they're doing it in secret, in private. And if you ever learned the song in Sunday school. This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine i'm gonna let it shine there's a second verse that says hide it under a bushel no i'm gonna let it shine hide it under a bushel no i'm gonna let it shine let it shine let it shine let it shine hiding it under a bushel is like covering up your light What things are done in private, in secret, chances are, are not good. So um, as I wrap up this episode of Hollow's Eve, from the perspective of, of a spiritual leader that has been ordained by the Father above, nothing is hidden from the Father. He knows all. He sees all. He is above all. And he is bringing justice for those people that are harming children in private very soon. There's going to be a huge turnaround very soon. What you see in the media as far as wars and nations, you might not understand why we're going to World War III. It is the rich against the poor. The poor will win because the Lord is on our side. The rich that are choosing to not help the poor that are making money off of the child abductions and human trafficking. It is the largest profitable black dark business. You need to watch the Sound of Freedom movie, for one. And you need to watch The Greatest Show on Earth by Nick Alveer on GoodLion.tv and you will see the truth and join the White Hats. Anything else, Father? Ezekiel 13.4 Ezekiel is the book right before that the book that I was in, Daniel 13:4. False prophets condemned. Your prophets, O Israel, are like jackals among ruins. You have not gone up to the breaks in the wall to repair it for the house of Israel so that it will stand firm in the battle of the day of the Lord. Their visions are false, and their divinations a lie. They say, The Lord declares when the Lord has not sent them, yet they expect their words to be fulfilled. Have you not seen false visions and uttered lying divinations when you say, The Lord declares, though I have not spoken? Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Because of your false words and lying visions, I am against you, declares the Sovereign Lord. My hand will be against the prophets who see false visions and utter lying divinations. They will not belong to the council of my people or be listened in the records of the house of Israel, nor will they enter the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the sovereign Lord. Because they lead my people astray, saying, Peace, when there is no peace, and because when a flimsy wall is built, they cover it with whitewash, therefore tell those who cover it with whitewash that it is going to fall rain will come in torrents and i will send hailstones hurtling down and violent winds will burst forth when the wall collapses will people not ask you where is the whitewash you covered it with therefore this is what the sovereign lord says in my wrath i will unleash a violent wind and in my anger hailstones and torrents of rain will fall with destructive fury fury i will tear down the wall you have covered with whitewash and will level it to the ground so that its foundation will be laid bare when it falls